It's about stepping up, stepping forward, and taking your place uh, in God. And, 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 uh, and, and what will happen is, as Jesus said, you know, in, in his prayer, let his will, let, let his will be done, let his, king, let his kingdom come, and his will be done. Okay? Set out, guys. Did I get that the wrong way around? It's because of this strong conviction I have in relation to the call, I've been able to step up and do the things that God has called me to do. And I want to take a quick look at Stephen. Stephen in the book of Acts. Um, the, he, he was called uh, in, uh, in Acts 6, 3 through 7. Let's just have a quick look at that. Acts 6, 3 through 7. Um, I'll, I'll read from verse 1. It says, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among, the, among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brother, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will, we will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll, we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. The proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. So he received a calling there that day where he was only waiting on tables. But the, the significant um, thing there is he was uh, a man full of the Holy Spirit, okay? Very important to be full of the Holy Spirit when we enter into ministry, when we, when we go out to uh, 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 do uh, God's work and to fulfill what he's called in our lives. It's very important to be full of the Holy Spirit, okay, to, for us to be able to stand up to the challenges uh, that lay before us, and they will come, and we need to be full of the Holy Spirit in order to overcome those challenges, okay? So let's go to Acts 7. 54. So just to give you a bit of, uh, you know, and most of you probably know that you would know the story where uh, up to this, uh, Stephen had been um, uh, performing miracles and sharing God's word. And uh, the, the religious men of the day, they didn't like it. So they called him in and he gave them a great spiel as to um, uh, where he felt that they were out at. And they didn't like it. And that day he shared the gospel. He shared the gospel with these guys, and they didn't like it, okay? So uh, he'd received the call. He was, he was out in the ministry, out in, uh, in, uh, where, where God had called him to go uh, to fulfill that ministry that's on his life. In Acts 7, um, 54 through 60, so just that passage there in, in verse 8, 1. And verse 54 says, oh, let me just read that bit there. Uh, It says, when they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul was there giving his approval. So verse 54, when they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth. They were, they were angry. They were, 
They were annoyed and they, they were just an, an angry crowd, um, not liking what they heard, not liking what Stephen had said. Well, what is it that Stephen did that stirred up such a commotion? Um, you know, he simply spoke the truth. Stephen stood up and he spoke the truth. And the fact is, according to that, he didn't, uh, you know, when he was, uh, when he was doing this, uh, uh, they didn't like what he was saying. And as he said it, he didn't receive a standing ovation for it. They weren't happy with what he said. Uh, and what was he doing? He was telling the truth. Uh, Stephen spoke the truth to his onlookers and it wasn't received with a standing ovation. As he spoke these words, he was looking into the eyes of those who were about to take his life. You know, that's a, to, to be in that place... Uh, Stephen would want to know the call that's on his life. He would want to know that God had called him. And as he was speaking the truth, he was looking into the, and you could imagine uh, what they were like. This was an angry crowd. He was looking into the eyes of those who were about to take his life. Um, why was Stephen able to say what he did with boldness and conviction? Well, the next, the next uh, verse tells us, verse 55. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, or the right hand of God. The Scripture says there, Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. Amen? He was full of the Holy Spirit. That's how come he was able to carry out God's Word and His will with such conviction and power. Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. If he had any doubts up to this point, I think they would have been quickly erased at the sight of this vision. But you know what? Stephen was so lucky because he was full of the Holy Spirit. And I know that you knew that I meant to say that. He wasn't lucky at all, was he? Being full of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with luck. You know, Stephen was a committed, devoted man of God. And do you know what? He would have found time to deliver those books. He would have found time because the kingdom of God and the things that pertain to, 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 to God and his will come first. And when he was faced with the men that were looking at him that were just about to take his life, he could speak the word of God boldly because he was full of the Holy Spirit. And he could do that. And he wasn't lucky at all. There's no luck. Luck plays no part in it. We can, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit just as Stephen was. Amen? We can be filled with the Spirit just as he was. Where am I up to? Stephen, uh, it's not true that he was lucky. The, the reason Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit was because, now listen to this. He chose to meet God on a daily basis for a couple of hours in a secret place rather than spend those couple of hours on Facebook. I say this, I mean this. I mean it. We can spend time on Facebook and two hours are gone and we think nothing of it. Not saying don't go on Facebook, but put God first. Don't waste your time on meaningless gossip. When you can be spending it being filled with the Holy Spirit, just like Stephen was. Don't waste your time there. I go, don't look, I'm, I'm not a, I go on Facebook too. 
but I've really got to watch my time because I know what it's like. Let's spend time with God and being filled with the Holy Spirit. What else have I got here? He chose to read the Word every day rather than spend hours watching TV and playing the latest video games. He chose to listen to music or messages that were encouraging and uplifting for his spirit rather than the lyrics of songs that diametrically oppose the Word of God and everything that God stands for. He was never too tired to go to church. It was never too hot, too hot, too cold, too wet, too windy, too foggy. It was never, never too any of these things for Stephen to go to church or to go somewhere to receive God's life-giving word. These things didn't get in the way. You know, I hear people say, you know, I've, I've sacrificed tonight, it's cold, and I've come out to Bible study. <laughs> And that's good that you do that. Please don't get me wrong. It's good that you do that. Some people in certain parts of the world, you know, that they don't know if they're coming back because they could get killed because there's persecution in the country that they're in. We have such a freedom in this country to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to preach God's Word and to see signs and wonders follow. There's nothing to stop us. We need to do that, amen? We need to be doing that. Stephen was slow to judge and very quick to forgive. Huge one, massive. Don't hold a grudge. Forgive. Forgive, it's, you know, not, not forgiving someone and holding a grudge, or, and you would have heard this before, is like... like Drinking deadly poison, expecting someone else to die. Doesn't work that way, does it? Let's not be like the unmerciful servant. Let's forgive quick because there's work to do. You know, the kingdom of God is at hand. There's people out there that are lost and dying that need to be saved. Let's get over the, 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 the meaningless things that pull us up, that hold us up. God's called, you know what? God has called you. God has called you to do his work. God, has, God wants you to, to, to let his kingdom come. And he's given you everything you need to, for you to be able to do that. He hasn't left anything undone. Let's do that. What else have I got here? I can't emphasize, um, and I've got there, You see, Stephen only had one God and he served him with his whole heart. There weren't other things that got in the way. I can't emphasize the necessity and the need for us as his church to take a long, hard look at ourselves and the need to take control of these things in our own lives. We need to control them, not let them control us. Amen? Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit, not because he was lucky, not because he was special, but because he, 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 he knew the importance of the kingdom of God and the calling that was on his life, and, 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 and God had called him to do that. Verse 57, 58. 
as they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, at, sorry, at this, at, at what? At, at when Stephen said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing beside God. You know what? They blocked their ears and they yelled at the top of it. The, they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear what he had to say. It was, it was too much for them. They didn't want to hear it. There are some times when we are standing up for what is right and declaring God's word boldly. I didn't read all that scripture, did I? As, as at this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed toward him, dragged him out, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And you know, there are times uh, when we're sharing the word of God, we're standing up for what's right, declaring God's word boldly without any sense of great achievement with those you have been sharing with. You know, which may seem, uh, you know, they may even seem, seem despondent and uninspired. But you know, there's a scripture that says, let me read this scripture, Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And this, this bit here, this is why it was said. It said, so it is with my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. When you speak the word of God, it's not going to return empty. You mightn't receive the return. But it's not going to return empty according to the scripture there. But it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose which I sent it. You know, when we preach the gospel, it's not going to return to us void. It's not going to return to us empty. Even if at the time we don't think it's doing much. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. Whenever you speak the word of God, it, it, it touches the heart. You know what? There was a young man standing uh, 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 near what was taking place here, and his name was Saul. And you know, I believe because Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit, and he carried out God's word, and he looked his his uh, killers fair in the eye, those that took his life, he looked them fair in the eye, and as they were killing him, he forgave them. I believe Saul seen this. I believe the Holy Spirit was working mightily in soul that day and being a witness to him. Even though these guys dragged him out and stoned him, there was someone else that was there onlooking that we know that Saul was converted on the road to Damascus and he became Paul. And he wrote most of the New Testament, didn't he? The words you speak will always achieve what they're sent out to do. Meanwhile, the witnesses, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Saul was there watching everything that was taking place and more than likely was heading up the execution for Stephen there. 59.60, as they stoned Stephen, as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And, and there we know that Stephen didn't hold a grudge. 
And we know that Stephen forgave quickly. He saw heaven open. Heaven's open. Um, And Saul was watching everything that was taking place and the Holy Spirit was working on and witnessing to him uh, during Stephen's demise. I believe that. I believe God was speaking to him. I know the scripture doesn't say that, but uh, uh, read between the lines and I believe that was taking place there. Even though there was a great persecution that took place after this, the, the church was spread The church was persecuted where it was and it spread out everywhere. And the word of God just spread like wildfire. You know, because Stephen uh, stepped up, stepped forward and and, uh, uh, carried out the the reason God had him there. Even though he was looking into the eyes of those that were about to take his life. I missed a bit there, but you know, But I won't go into that too much. But when, when uh, Stephen saw heaven open, you know, I think what happens is we think, you know, that would have given him strength. That would have given him the ability to go on because he saw in a vision heaven open, open and Jesus standing uh, beside the Father there in heaven. But you know what? I also reckon that Stephen would have thought, you know, heaven's open. I'm going to speak the word of God boldly here because heaven's open ready to receive more names that are going into the Lamb's book of life. Heaven's open, uh, ready to uh, pour out the Holy Spirit upon those who will, who will take the time to be filled to all the fullness and overflowing with the Spirit of God. Heaven's open. Heaven was open there. And do you know what? If God was to give us a vision now, we would see that same thing. Heaven is open. There are people in Griffith that are going to hell. There are people in Griffith that we know and love that are going to hell. We need to tell them heaven's open. Jesus loved them and he died for them. We need to let them know that. And I just want to wrap it up here, if I could, thanks. It is hot up here, Steve. I want you to turn to um, 1 Kings chapter 18. Now, just to give you, again, background here, um, 1 Kings chapter 18 is about Elijah There'd been, and, and, and King Ahab. And King Ahab was worse than any other king that ever, ever was before him. He sinned more. He, he uh, worshipped foreign gods. His wife was Jezebel. Okay? This, this was Ahab. And um, Elijah was a prophet at this time. And he'd be, there was a drought in the land. He'd been hiding the word of the Lord came to him and said, I want you to go to Ahab, tell him it's going to rain. Okay? He'd been, out, he'd been gone for three years. And he said, I want you to go back. Now, he was going back into a hostile place because Ahab was killing off all the prophets of God. He was, he was killing them left, right, and center. And there was one man that um, had 50 of God's prophets, or no, 100 of God's prophets in hiding. You know, I, I read that sometimes and I think, you know, in, in the midst of all this trouble, why were these guys hiding? Why weren't they out there declaring the word of God boldly? I would have been, I think. <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, so Elijah comes back. And uh, in, um, let's just read this in verse, uh, where is it? 
in, in verse 18 of uh, 18, uh, sorry, chapter 18, verse 16 through 18 says, So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to, said to him, Is that you, you troubler of Israel, you troublemaker, you... You, you know, you have caused so much trouble for us. There's been a drought in this land. All of our crops have died. All the animals have died. And it's because of you and the word that you brought us three years ago. So Elijah wasn't going into a, a friendly place. It was hostile. Okay, it was a hostile place. And, um, and Elijah says to him, I have not made trouble for Israel. Uh, for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's command and have followed the Baal. So Elijah puts it right back on him and said, it's not me, it's you, because you've stopped following God. You've stopped carrying out God's commands. You've turned your back on the kingdom. It's not me. So, um, and, and uh, Ahab has his own uh, prophets there. And so they build, they build an altar, and uh, they, they put wood on it, and they put a, cut a bull up and put on it, and, and, this, and Elijah says, whoever's God can... Uh, send down fire and consume the sacrifice. Uh, that's who we will follow. So, so the, the prophets of Baal, they, they cut up the bull, they put the wood, they build an altar and they dance around it all day and they cut themselves and, and uh, sing all these songs and they cry and nothing happens. And Elijah says here, he says, at noon Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he, is, he is, surely he is a God. Perhaps he's in a deep thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time of the evening sacrifice. But there was no response, no one answered, and no one paid attention. So nothing happened with the prophets of Baal, okay? Nothing happened. And Elijah says, step aside. And uh, he, he walks up to the altar of God and he rebuilds it. it says, the scripture says there, um, then Elijah said to all the people, come here. They came to him and he replied, the altar of the Lord, which is in ruins. Elijah took 12 stones. He rebuilt the altar of God. Do you know what? I think there's, there's some areas in our lives that maybe we've let go, that maybe, uh, you know, they're not as strong as they used to be. There may be some things have fallen over and, and maybe we've, we've, we've allowed them to, just like the altar here, it was, it was, it, this one was in ruins. You know, and, and we don't want to let our, our, our walk and our witness and our call get to that point. We don't want to go there. So Elijah rebuilds it and um, he rebuilds it. He puts wood there. He cuts up a bull and puts it there places it on the altar, on the wood, okay? And then he, then he everyone's watching because they want to know who the true God is. And everyone's watching. And he says to the servants that are there, fill these four stone jars and pour it over the top because he really wanted to prove who's, which God was real, which God was fair income, which God was going to stand up for them. Not some fake, phony, false God. Four jars they poured on it. And then he told them, to, told them to do it three or four more times. And they just poured this water on it. And there was a trench around this altar. And it filled up with water. It was absolutely saturated with water. It was, it was drenched. And, and here it says, 
at the time of the sacrifice. And it's like here. You know, God was saying, Elijah, it's time. It's time to step up. Now is the time. You know, God, I believe God's saying this to you as a church today. It's time. It's time to step forward. It's time to step up. Because I want to prove to those people out there that I'm God and I want to do it through you. It's time. And Elijah the prophet, Elijah the man of God, Elijah that, that had a call on his life, just like you, the scripture says there, Elijah stepped up. Elijah stepped forward. God's looking for people in his church today to step up. He's saying the time's right. And he's saying to the church today, step up. Step forward because I want to prove to these people that I'm God. That I'm real. That what this world...